This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, bestsellers, and books that are out of print. For more information, please visit their website at bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago or call them at 773-239-1110. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Awesome Albums with Cesar Netti here on WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. Today, we are going over the second studio album by Nine Inch Nails, The Downward Spiral. Yes, yes. Came out in 1994, I believe. To great reception. And very controversial. (laughs) Very controversial. But here we are in 2019 talking about this album now. We have stuff to say about it, and let's just jump into the album. Yes, and I like how you mentioned that it came out with great reception, despite its controversies, because Pretty Hate Machine, which was their first full-length studio album, gained some popularity, some fans, so... They definitely had to like come back stronger to overcome that, you know, sophomore slump. And man, did they did it. They did it. Trent Reznor really created an awesome album yeah. with this album while still retaining the features that made him big on Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. While also adding industrial rock, hint of metal in some parts. But I was this album and I'm like, man, this album is disgusting. Yeah. And I think that's what they were going for. Just dirty, dark, disgusting, hyper at times, and at times eerie and ominous. But like all these elements, in my opinion, add up to like this really great experience that can only be Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor, you know? The words that you chose to describe it can work both with the lyrics and the music that accompanies it. Yes. The lyrics touch on those ideas heavily Mm -hmm. but at the same time the actual music that trent reznor has created for this album are exactly that dirty um and every other word you used (laughs) um i just want to point out a great example of this is in the becoming i mean immediately it starts off with screams Mm -hmm. right or what sounds like screams i'm just sitting there they're just like oh my god like it's a little terrifying but like it works so well another example you know, Eddie, how does Mr. Self-Destruct start? How does the album start? It starts off with this person, I think, uh, hitting a punching bag. No, it is actually a sample from George Lucas's film, THX 1138. It's a sample of a guy getting beaten by, I'm pretty sure, like, several guards. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, it does sound like a man punching a punching bag. But then when you think of that context, you're just like, oh, my God, like, why? How do you s- start off an album with you know yeah a man being hit and yeah real pain yeah it gets faster and faster and then boom it starts off with it sounds like drums violence and then that hyper activity and it's just actually a really good open in my opinion it sets the tone really well it's a great opener and i think the next song piggy is a real contrast to that yeah like it's kind of a somewhat groovy bass line yeah it's a kind of self-reflection for Trent Reznor. Mm-hmm. Nothing can stop me now because I don't care. 
that's a lyric that he constantly keeps going cycling through in that song. And I think that's a good point because he kind of realizes that he has the sound that he's going for and this idea for an album. And despite how other people will think of how brutal it can be, he doesn't care. He's going to do yeah. it anyway. And yeah. the rest of the album is him flushing out that idea. I love it when artists take an idea and just run with it. You know, Trent had this idea of violence and disgust for the downward spiral. And I think it worked in his favor. And now we get to my first highlight of the album, Heresy. I love the lyrics that he uses. God it? is dead and no one cares. Yeah. If there was a hell, I'll see you there. Yeah. It's just like his voice, his delivery, the music behind it, I think is a perfect example of what we get in Downward Spiral. It's absolutely amazing. And the track after that, March of the Pigs, if that song can work up a crowd the way it worked up a crowd when I saw them at Riot Fest, you know, the same experience happens every single time I re-listen to it. I really like how it's fast and then Trent just stops with that little piano. I think it's always like a funny moment every time I listen to March of the Pigs. Yeah, but it also kind of shows off the brilliance of Trent Reznor because it takes a bit of musical knowledge and musicianship to pull a sudden change like that off. Yeah. Because it works out and it works great. Yeah. And then we get to a song that like everybody knows it charted back when The Downward Spiral first came out. We get to Closer. Very controversial, especially with its sexual undertones. They aired it on MTV, and the music video accompanied the music very well. And MTV had to like block out certain scenes from airing, which is fascinating to me. I just don't know why, especially since I'm not a person who likes to watch music videos. But yeah, Closer, big hit, big hit back at the time. Probably the most recognizable song off of this whole album. Off of Nine Inch Nails' discography, actually. Yes, I would agree with that. And it kind of surprises me that you tell me that story about MTV because this was MTV in their prime. Yeah. So if they were even scared to show that off, then, you know, what does that tell you about the video? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that song is also heavily censored when you ever hear it on the radio. It's like at that point, I'm just like, why broadcast that song? You know what you're getting with Closer? Very, like, I don't know, very sexually charged. You know, it's a very sexually charged song. So it's just like, great song, but, like, do you do we need it on the radio? Yeah. Still. And then we get to another highlight of the album for me. It's Becoming. Like I said, Becoming has this just strange screaming sampled throughout the background that is terrifying, in my opinion. But, like, at the same time, I dig it. Like mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. Like I said before, the you know Trent has these ideas that he put into downward spiral that shouldn't work, but it does, and I'm in love with it. Yeah, and the electronic accompaniment that he has for that song is also very ominous. Yeah, and it's persistent throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then we get to a track like "I Do Not Want This," another highlight for me. Another song where it can go from quiet and slow. And ominous to hard and loud in just a second. And again, Trent pulls it off. Trent and company pulls it off and it works. It kind of also makes me wonder what Trent Reznor was thinking about when he was coming out with the song. Yeah. Like, did he have a self-realization that 
this album can be a great piece of work and he's going to have to do this all over again for every album that comes out after this because during this album he was struggling with uh, drug addiction alcohol abuse and it plagued him for a lot of these early years of Nine Inch Nails Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until like albums with teeth and year zero yeah that he started pulling himself out of that so I don't know if this song was a little bit self-reflective of that kind of mentality that Trent Reznor was going through but either way it's a great track. Yeah, I agree. Big Man with a Gun, I love because I heard a story that like Trent Reznor basically made the song as a parody to like, as he quotes, gangster rap, misogynistic BS. And I love that. Like Big Man with a Gun, not like something I go back to to listen to, but like still a good highlight. You know, Trent can parody other, you know, music, call out like when you know, gangster rap can be misogynistic or whatever, but like, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and Trent Reznor using these topics that are commonly felt in that gangster rap genre yeah, and pulling it into um, this industrial rock track is really good. And yeah, like how you said, he's joking around. He's, He's poking fun at it. Yeah. I think when I listen to the whole album, this is a track that uh, I'll keep on. I won't skip it. It fits in with the whole thing. Yeah, but I just want to mention a track like A Warm Place, which is instrumental. It's pretty slow. I just want to say it's like one of the the moments that really surprised me because from what we were getting so far, it was just really hard, really loud, really ominous and dark. Then we have this song that comes in that's just slow, beautiful at times. And I was just like, oh, wow, like this is really great. Like I like this. It takes you a step back, and it's very reminiscent of an interlude. Yes. An orchestra. Yes, I agree. And then I just want to skip to the last song, which, again, one of the highlights in their whole discography, so much so that Johnny Cash did an amazing cover of it. We have Hurt. Yeah. A song that I think Trent just perfectly, masterfully, actually, crafts with the atmosphere the lyrics, the musicianship. It's just a stellar track. You know, it's depressing at times. And it's funny, fits the theme of Downward Spiral completely because we start off like very heavy and then, you know, down to hurt where it's just very slow, very quiet, very reflective. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, Trent Reznor could not have created this song without being in a dark space that comes off in hurt. Yeah. I get emotional every time I hear the song. I cried when he finished this at his Riot Fest set list. Oh my god. I can only imagine. You have to have emotion to to create a song like this. You have to be coming from a very dark place. Kind of how you mentioned the album name is The Downward Spiral. At the end of a huge storm of emotions where you're filled with anger and uh, sadness and confusion, you come out hurt. In a place like Hurt. Yeah. That's the kind of place that you come to. Yeah. It's perfectly named Hurt, you know? Yeah, this album is it's a trip, <laughs> I would say. Definitely an essential Nine Inch Nails album. Probably the most essential Nine Inch Nails album. But also an album that's very essential to industrial rock. It's just so good. Eddie, if there's any highlights or weak points for you in this album, what would you say they are? The highlights for me are definitely... 
Mr. Self-Destruct, Piggy, and the Downward Spiral. Mm -hmm. That last movement is incredible. And like how you said, it transitions to Hurt in a beautiful way. And also, sometimes I can't always be in the mood to listen to Hurt because it will make me so sad. Yeah. But I get that hint of taste of trailing off the Downward Spiral. Yeah. How about you? For highlights, I would have to say Heresy, Hurt, definitely. The Becoming and I Do Not Want This track that we didn't really talk about, but I still is one of my personal favorites, Eraser. That song actually does have a little bit of, I would say, like metal guitars in it that just pump me up, you know. It's so funny. This album can just pump you up. And then towards the end of the album, just a huge just weight in your heart, which is what I love about it. Like Trent really dug deep into the darkest places of his mind. And when he came back out, he had the downward spiral. I think those elements really make this an awesome album. You said it best, Caesar. This has been this episode of Awesome Albums. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week to hear us talk about Siamese Dream by Smashing Pumpkins. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.